Hello, one. Hello, all. Welcome into Justin OK Sports Podcast. My name is Jared Graves. It's a beautiful day in central Kentucky. Hope that it is wherever you are. Joined, as always, by Preston Wood on the campus of The Ohio State University. Uh, we are here to break down uh, the weekend that's coming up. Um, but to be honest, the events of last night with the Bengals and the the Dolphins, I kind of we'd like to go in chronological order of what's getting ready to happen, um, but we think that's probably a little bit more pressing. But before we get into that, Preston, how are things up north? Doing good, man. Doing good. Um, big game against Rutgers, forty-one point favorites. So I think the campus is shaking in their boots a little bit. So uh, got that, and the Bengals coming off a win, which I know we'll be excited to get into a little bit here. At least you got the New Jersey TV market. That's what they told us it was about. And you're yeah. soon to get the L.A. TV market. So you've got coast to coast here in a couple of years. But um, we're going to talk about the college football slate uh, here in just a second. But first, uh, we're going to talk about what happened last night in Cincinnati. Thursday night football, Dolphins and Bengals. Uh, and I don't know that we'll ever get to the results of the game or uh, the strategy employed during the game because the biggest story coming out of that game was the scary injury um, to Tua, who um, was tackled. It was a hard tackle, but he did not hit his – didn't seem to hit his head or even his upper shoulders or anything like that on the ground. And then immediately um, – tensed up uh, his fingers, um, went all sorts of different directions, like he lost control of them. Uh, and, of course, the issue is not just that. The issue is that he came off of what was said to be a back injury on Sunday, and on four days rest, this happens. Um, this brings back the age-old debate in football. And... Uh, of who clears these guys to play. Um, but it was a, a horrible, horrible scene. One that, by the way, Amazon, for all your clear pictures and innovation, you got to learn when you don't show something 8.7 million times on a replay. Um, but it was a, a horrible scene last night in, in Cincinnati. And Preston, I know you texted me, you tweeted out uh, last night your thoughts, but given 12 more hours to think about it, where, what are you thinking about the tour injury and everything that went into it? Yeah, obviously it's, it, it literally, it quite literally was something that lingered in your head, like even throughout the duration of the rest of the game. Like this is something that happened before halftime. It's all you thought about during halftime during the rest of the game is like what's going to happen to Tua Tagovailoa? Like what's, you know, like what is going to happen? Like I say this and I try not to be dramatic. Um, you know, I thought maybe last night was an overreaction. Maybe last night was an emotion, but it was genuinely after sleeping on it. I think probably the most horrifying thing I've ever seen on a football field, maybe really, I mean, outside of maybe the Ryan Shazier injury that happened in 2017 where he quite literally ran into somebody and dropped and couldn't move i mean what the dolphins did to him um and the health and his health is i i don't think could be understated how ignorant and arrogant it was i mean 
too as a good kid obviously he's gonna want to compete like it's his job and i mean at that point like the nfl needs to just it's got to stop like there's got to be more accountability and taking the helmets away from these guys not letting them go out there and play the fact that they had the audacity to say that he had a back injury on saturday when the man couldn't stand on his own two feet i mean that and i mean like we said we that hit last night i mean it was a hard tackle like it was obviously a hard tackle but it wasn't like he literally like head to head or to the point it was a shoulder to the head or even got slammed on his head. It was a thing he got slammed on his back and he was sitting there. And the thing with his hands in front of his eyes was genuinely one of the scarier things I've ever seen happen on a football field. I mean, a guy looked like absolutely no control over his body. Um, It's terrible. I feel terrible. And I think what Mike McDaniel and that coaching staff and that training staff did to him should like, that shouldn't go unnoticed. It's, to say the least. So there is, we can never, I think one of the things that we've learned from the NFL, one thing we learned about sports in general is given the choice of doing the correct thing and the, and doing the, the right thing uh, is different. The correct thing is he is um, medically cleared. Right. I mean, they, they did. They medically cleared him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come back in the game on Sunday. He was medically cleared. But what was the right thing to do? Do you take somebody who had an injury to the fact that he could not stand upright on Sunday and you put him out four days later? The right thing to do is to say, no, let's just pause here for a second and just be honest with the construction construction of our team. There's a reason we have Teddy Bridgewater because we didn't know if Tua was going to be good enough or not. I mean, let's just be honest with that. Like that's why he's there. So just let him play. Well, that and I mean, real quick. I mean, was it not a sign? I mean, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit said last night, and what I felt was kind of a passive aggressive kind of tone or slap in the face of the Dolphins. They mentioned like five times after the injury that the Dolphins activated the third quarterback, which they never do. I mean, don't you think that that's a sign that maybe he shouldn't be playing? It's one thing to gut through an injury or, you know, it's 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 one thing to play through, you know, with a tender, you know, a tender hamstring or, you know, you have a, a sprain in your knee or whatever, but head injuries aren't a joke and they shouldn't be a joke. And I saw last night on Twitter, Chris Nowinski, he's a doctor. He said he's the founding uh, CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, um, a neuroscientist and author and speaker. Um, He took it to Twitter last night before the game even happened today. And quote, he said, if Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive setback for uh, for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We saw it even the even they must know this isn't right. I mean, and I feel like that summarizes that. And it's obviously someone that's credentialed and um, knows about the brain and the effect that it has on that. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate and say that I do and don't know about the brain. But, I mean, I think everybody, what they did see was a horrifying sight. And the fact that they they knew this going into that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame on the coaching staff and the training staff. Yeah, he's actually a former football player who did that after he experienced concussions uh, in his his playing days and noticed that something was wrong and yeah. wanted to set out. And 
and make uh, raise awareness of that. I mean, it just speaks to and I mean, we'll just talk about the fact that you and I are getting ready to talk about football for an hour. When this stuff happens, it makes you almost feel like you're a a heathen in the Colosseum watching lions devour humans or something like that and battle back in Rome because it's these these guys are out there and and so many of them aren't helping themselves and then when they when they come out there the the organizations and the coaching staffs that's supposed to take care of them don't seem to help take care of them either and so uh, it's it's a difficult thing to i mean but last night's a perfect example they went on and played right they, they went on and finished out the game after the one of their players was carted off of uh, the field. And so it's, it was a, a gruesome sight. Uh, I know the NFL PA has opened up an investigation into how he got cleared. And I'm sure that's just going to intensify. I can see people losing jobs. I can see, uh, I mean, your owner's already suspended for a year if you're Miami. So I don't know who the next in line is that could get in trouble for that. Or even if McDaniel gets in trouble. Um, but I don't know how you put somebody out there and I know that people want to try to quench the unsatiable thirst of football for America, but this is why Thursday games were infrequent. It's why they used to be just for holidays. It's because the four day turnaround after you get hit by semi trucks on Sunday to turn around and play again on Thursday, it just doesn't make any sense. And I know that I'm not a, an expert in how to make a schedule, but it would seem as if you could, you could, if you could start the Thursday games after buys take place and you put somebody who had a buy on a Thursday game, then going that route would be, would make the most sense. But I, the fact that, I mean, he, he's probably not the only one who re or enhanced an injury because they turned around and played four games. They're just obviously the most visible evidence of it now I'm, I'm glad he was able to get cleared in the hospital i was glad that he got to get on the the, the plane and, and go home but i'll be honest with you i don't want to see two two or four couple of weeks and i think you have more than a capable backup in teddy bridgewater from a football standpoint that's there's no reason to have to, to have Tua come back for a couple of weeks um but it's that's last night was just a mess Bengals win they're two and two. They seem to have gotten a little bit better and um, right in the ship in some regards, but that's, that's kind of uh, on the back burner after seeing experiencing what everybody else saw and experienced last night. No, absolutely. And I I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to see two attack of Iloa take a snap for a while. I mean, and that's, I mean, we saw this too with miles with miles Garrett getting hurt. Um, last week too, you know, with the injury and, um, well, just, you know, the car accident that he was involved in and, you know, whether he did or did not break anything and, um, all of that, there's obviously a large reason for concern there in that regard, um, you know, for the Browns and really just player safety in general. But, um, yeah, Jared, I lean, um, strongly with you that Tua Tagvailoa needs to, um, I hope that he can find the time that he needs to rest and take care of his body and the Dolphins. That's, I mean, from a football perspective, that is why you do have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. But, um, no, obviously there's a lot um, that did happen in that game, but really was overshadowed by Tua. Um, 
it was good to see Joe Burrow and the Bengals triplet receivers kind of get going. Jamar Chase kind of came on strong at the end of the game, but T. Higgins had a huge game. Tyler Boyd made a big throw in the third quarter. Actually, it might have been the fourth quarter. I'm trying to think. It was a big third and 11. So behind the line of scrimmage, he made a big throw. Um, but seeing Tyler Boyd, you know, come on strong and Joe Burrow on the first play of the first fourth quarter, hit him deep on that post route. Um, seeing those two kind of come back in the form, and I felt like the Bengals' offensive line was really strong mm -hmm. up front, especially in pass pro. Mm -hmm. But obviously, I think a lot of questions are lingering. You know, when you combine the run blocking and Joe Mixon, I mean, Joe Mixon looked like a shell of himself. But you know, I was thinking, like in my head, man, it's year six for Joe Mixon. You know, he's 26 years old. But there's no way that he you know, is out of gas already, but I think something we need to remember. I mean, Todd Gurley last played football when he was 26. I mean, the shelf life on these running backs is short, and it's sad to think that this might be the end of Joe Mixon, but um, not completely writing him off. I think he's a very talented guy. In terms of talent, you know, a top five, top ten talent, the position in the league, but yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, I mean, you know, when you see Samaje Piran come on, come in and have success, you know, the previous week, it's like, is it Joe Mixon or is it really this line? Especially a line that only gave up one sack this week, you know? It could be a little bit of wear and tear from not having the blocking that he's used to in the first few weeks, even if they did a better job this week and maybe he heals up and maybe gets, you know, something on a bye week somewhere down the road and, and is able to turn it around. But, um, you know, you and I talked about adding this this one game to the season. How I think that you'll see teams just sit some folks uh, that they normally might have played all sixteen games and just say one more game. Let's let's dial it back and see if we can get our juices flowing again. So, uh, but it, scheme of things, it's it's a good win for the Bengals. It leaves the Eagles to be the most, the last undefeated team. Um, if I was good at this job, I would have looked up this stat, but I, I do wonder when the last time we were down to one undefeated team in week four was. It seems like it, it drags out a little bit, but um, the parity of the NFL strikes again. And uh, the Eagles are hosting a pretty – might what just might be a pretty good team uh, this weekend as the Jags come in fresh off of their uh, trip out west. Uh, I think it's – We've talked about how it's hard to switch coasts and win. Um, it might even be harder to switch coast and come back to the other coast and still not be at home. Uh, that's what the Jags have this week. Going to um, L.A. last week and coming back to Philly this week is uh, obviously a, a a lot of travel, and so we'll see if that affects it. Doug Peterson returns to Philadelphia uh, where he uh, helped win a Super Bowl. Um, and... Um, the last undefeated team taking taking on one of the teams that's got a lot of upside, and I think it uh, it's definitely one of the big games to look at this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about two young quarterbacks that enjoyed a, a tremendous amount of success on a personal and team level um, in the college ranks. Um, both kind of got off the slower starts in their career. Obviously, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles kind of came on strong a little bit last year in a weak division. Uh, got into the wild card and played Tampa Bay. Um, but, I mean, two guys, you know, between Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, they look like they've taken tremendous strides in their career and their personal development. Um, I think best thing for Trevor Lawrence, like we said, is um, getting Urban Meyer out of there, getting Doug Peterson in there. Um, and really what Jalen Hurts has been able to do and develop, um, 
getting AJ Brown for him, I think is very Stefan Diggs esque for Josh Allen. Um, so I think it's been tremendous to see Jalen Hurts' growth. Um, this is a game I think I'll be really tuned in to see how it ends up. I still kind of on wait and see mode. I think that, I mean, I, I don't know, Jerry. I mean, if the Jags were to kind of go into Philly, you know, after going coast to coast, go into Philly and get a win, I mean, makes you kind of wonder. I mean, they might be a legit contender for that division if they're not already. I mean, I'm still a little hesitant to pick them over the Colts, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see this game. I, I personally have the Eagles winning this game, but um, I'm really curious. Yeah, and I mean, with the exception of last week, the division hasn't set the world on fire. And so if you can, that would definitely be one of the, the bigger wins. I think that's up there with the Colts beating the Chiefs last week for the AFC South. Um, that if you can go back to back beating the Chargers at home, at, at their home and the Eagles not at their home, that's a pretty dynamic back to back for, for Jacksonville. And so it could solidify them as, okay, we got to rethink about uh, how we talk about Jacksonville and rethink about how we frame them and, and as, as we predict their season that um, this isn't the same team that we have laughed at for the last three or four years. This is uh, a new team with a lot of promise, a lot of young young talent. Um, not saying they're going to do what the Bengals did last year, but similar to that where all, all of a sudden the young talent starts clicking and they start winning games. It's um, that that's definitely something that can happen, and it's a conversation that people will most definitely happen have have when if they beat the Eagles this week. Even though I think that's going to be a, a pretty tough task, because I think the Eagles are are pretty good, not just NFL or NFC East good, but but just in general, they're pretty good. So uh, that's another game to look out for. I think uh, two more marquee games uh, that will stick out this this next weekend: the Bills coming off their loss to. Uh, the the Dolphins and their offensive coordinator having a temper tantrum in the uh, in the press box. Uh, they they travel to Baltimore to take on uh, my current MVP favorites in Lamar Jackson, who's who looked at what Josh Allen was getting and said, "Hey, timeout. Well, I, I've got something to say about this." Uh, so. Uh, this might be the first 65-64 game in NFL history uh, by the end of it. Um, but with these two offenses, but the, the defenses are pretty good. Uh, I'm embellishing there, but uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, this is this is premier. This is big time. I mean, these are the games that every fan desires to see. I mean, you're talking about two of the top five, at very worst, top seven quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that's being uh, critical. I think the value that Lamar Jackson gives to that team is just tremendous. Um, how big of a slap in the face was it though to the organization? You know, they kind of still made negotiations. He goes out casually wins player of the month for the AFC. And um, yeah, I mean, you love it. I will say as a Bengals fan, I mean, from a football fan, as just a fan in perspective, you know, I, I'm looking forward to enjoying this. Um, but as a Bengals fan, I'm the biggest Bills fan in the world on Sunday. Or is this a Sunday game or a Monday? Sunday, it's uh, Rams 49ers this Monday. That's right. That's right. I, I was I was messed up. Yeah, you know, definitely the biggest Bills fan on Sunday. Um, be good for the division. And then, you know, all of a sudden, then you're looking at a real interesting matchup. You know, the Bills and or Bengals, uh, Matt Ravens next Sunday on Sunday Night Football. Um, so, yeah, I'm very tuned into this. Um, 
I will say, I mean, you have two teams with two good defenses. This is, these are teams that have a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, both. So I think that's going to be really interesting where I think we could see a lot of points scored more so than we even normally would. Alrighty, I'm um, not sure if uh, Jared's still with us. It looks like he is frozen. I will continue on um, with this. I'm not sure. So yeah, we've previewed or we talked about the post game with the Bengals, Dolphins, Jags, Eagles, um, Bills, Ravens, and the final game that we're going to touch on today um, is the Chiefs and Buc 